This podcast is brought to you by Link, simply the best way to learn languages. After you listen to the podcast, sign up for a free account at Link, L-I-N-G-Q dot com, and study the full transcript using Link's revolutionary learning tools. Hi, Mark. Uh, hi, Steve. You know, I think today we should uh, try to respond to some of the questions that we've received. Well, yeah, and we, we, we very often suggest that our listeners send us feedback, and uh, we have had uh, some a fair amount of feedback lately on the English Link Forum, which, uh, for those of you who may have trouble finding, is located uh, on Link in the Link Forum section, but you can only see it if you're actually in the English section. If you're in, in the section trying to learn English, mm-hmm. then it's listed there. Otherwise, it's not listed in the other languages. Mm-hmm. The other languages would have the forums to our other language link podcasts. Do they actually have a, la- a link, like a Spanish link or a French link um, forum? I believe there is. Okay, because uh, if, if some of you are listening to English but you're actually studying French, uh, you can also uh, send in any requests uh, So uh, and, and we'll try to answer them. Mm-hmm. I guess Robert uh, had a question. He was asking about silent letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he obviously, and he's not the only one, I'm sure, mm-hmm. finds uh, the silent letters in English to be rather difficult. Uh, I'm not sure. I guess there are silent letters in other languages as well. It's not just in English. But. Uh, well, some letters, some la- in some languages, you know, every letter is pronounced. Spanish is a good example. Right. But in French, there's lots of silent yeah, letters. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't want to go through them all now, but I'm sure there are. Mm-hmm. And there are also languages, lots of languages like uh, like Russian, where uh, depending on whether the syllable has an emphasis or not, the vowel can be weakened, much like happens in English. Mm-hmm. So it's not unique to English. Right. But it's particularly bad in English. And you know why, by the way? Because it's not consistent. <laughs> and you know why English, the spelling of English is probably the least consistent of any language? No. Well, I read once that it's because originally, of course, the uh, poor people who lived on the British Isles, the Celtic people, Mm -hmm. were doing their thing and speaking their Celtic language and Mm -hmm. having a good time when the Romans arrived. Right. So then they decided to try and write that Celtic language using Roman letters, which was the beginning of, you know, writing, I guess, Mm -hmm. in in the British Isles. And then the Anglo-Saxons invaded and they tried to apply it to their language. And, of course, Queen used to be written with a C, I think. C-W-I-N or something. That makes sense. Hmm, right. Queen, we yeah. can deal with that, right? Yeah. So then the next thing that happened was that the Normans arrived who spoke French. So they brought the Q and, and other sort of French-type writing into the situation. Right. And then, then they had, uh, somewhere around the 14th or 15th century, they had a thing called the Great Vowel Shift. So that... Um, you know, whereas words like light, or, or let's say bite, right. B-I-T-E, yeah. in fact, used to be pronounced bite. Really? Yeah. And then somehow B became by, became bite. And so that the, there was a very rapid sort of change in how vowels were pronounced. But the hmm. writing system didn't change. Because mm-hmm. the writing system was basically frozen based on the way things were pronounced, let's say, in the 12th century, mm-hmm. in which already had all the confusion of the Celtic and the Norman and the whatever else. So it's a mess, such is the language. But similar things didn't happen in two other languages? Well, you know, I don't know, but um, I think, you know, the tremendous, the sort of 
juxtaposition, you know, the layering of Celtic, Latin, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, Anglo-Saxon, German language, right. and then the Norman French language, mm-hmm. and all of that occurring at, at a time when all of a sudden, you know, this was followed up then with a vowel shift. I don't know. We're right. on to English. I don't want to talk about other languages. <laughs> Silent letters. What's the worst example? What's the easiest one? Uh, I mean, uh, the one that immediately pops into my mind is the K in, like, no, knowledge, uh, knife. Or G. Or G, uh, yeah, nat. Nat, gnaw. I mean, you're almost tempted to say gnaw. Right. When you're chewing on something, you know. Because you do say ignore. Right. Ignite. Yeah. Uh, But uh, when the G-N starts the word, the G is not pronounced. Right. How about K, acknowledge? You get a bit of a CK there because if it were K, just try to think if there's any any words. Yeah, like there's. A, I mean, you can say hackneyed. Hackneyed. Yeah. yeah. But when it's at the beginning, uh, K disappears. K N, it disappears. Now I guess that combination exists in other languages. Mm-hmm. And Similar it's, words and it's, and it's pronounced. pronounced. Yeah. Yeah. It's normally pronounced. So, for whatever reason, that uh-huh. uh, K has been dropped. I don't know about the G, but certainly. But, you know, I think the uh, the silent K and G is relatively easy. Uh, what I think is often a little more difficult is the G-H. Mm-hmm. Because the G-H is so inconsistent. It can be rough, mm-hmm. in which case it has the sound of F. Mm-hmm. It can be, like, although... Thorough thought. Uh, all well, and of those that's that's what's especially confusing is it can be thought, mm-hmm. but it's uh, but it can also be pronounced as in draft. There you go. You can see draft spelt with a ght. Yeah, ght. So I think you just have to be aware that sometimes it's silent and sometimes it's pronounced f. Right. Why is gh pronounced f? That's another mystery. <laughs> So you just have to learn those individually. You know, it's somewhat related to silent letters, but I think what's perhaps very useful for people to uh, to notice in English is that the E, uh, a lot of vowel consonants are not pronounced. So that it's, I find this to some extent in Russian. and even Vowel in, consonants? Sorry, the vowel syllables. Vowel syllables, yeah. <laughs> the vowel <laughs> consonants, that's a good one. <laughs> that would send our learners to their dictionaries. Um, and Portuguese a bit that way too. Right. Uh, where the vowels disappear. Mm-hmm. So you could say that silent. It's not silent, it's silent. Mm-hmm. Walked. Right. You know, letters. And a lot of learners... Uh, seem to have problems with the walked. You know, instead of saying walked, they say walked. Right. And know. and I think there, you know, it's very important to listen many times. It's something we stress all the time at Link. If you and listen without reading, because when you read, you have a tendency to be influenced by the writing system of your own language. So you want to say Linked, because in your own language, it would be Linked. Mm-hmm. So, but if you get used to hearing it over and over again, then you start to accept that in fact it's linked, mm-hmm. talked, walked. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, we always get back to the same idea just save words and see what they do and listen to what they sound like and, and don't try to impose any rules, particularly rules that come from your own language. Mm-hmm. Now, I w- do wonder whether at some point. 
there would ever be some kind of a standard standardization to the English spelling. Somehow I doubt it. Well, Alejandro asked us that question. Yeah, he did. He did. He did this uh, on the English Link Forum as well. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the examples he mentioned were... Well, right would be one. Right. You mean not having the W, not which is another, w, another silent letter. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, the pressure... You know, if the, if the only reason for doing that is to accommodate non-native speakers... <laughs> right. Maybe that's not enough. No. Or the non-native speakers, because you do hear this term, international English. They right. could form their own language. Right. And perhaps if there's enough of them where the non-native speakers outnumber the native speakers, they might pull it off and have an international form of, of English that is spelt rationally. But I guess that's unlikely to happen because there's so many English native speakers that are writing and, and participating on the Internet, especially in all these uh, It wouldn't be forms. difficult with modern technology uh, for someone to write in either style, right? And from the context, software would immediately convert it, so that if you were writing in old, Eng- you know, real English, right. native speaker English with mm-hmm. the silent letters and the ghs, right? You just click a button, and it converts to simplified English. <laughs> right. Uh, the Chinese did this. They have their traditional yeah. Chinese characters and right. their uh, simplified Chinese. Yeah. Characters. Yeah. Uh, you never know. Well, we'll stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. I think uh, I I don't really mind either way. I no, don't really mind. I don't think so. I mean, I think people are going to mostly do what everybody else is used to. So, which which argues in favor of just staying with the, the existing spelling. It's just unlikely that that many people are going to start spelling a different way. But as you say, if non-native speakers enough non-native speakers sort of band together and and start writing that way and and for that matter you know a lot of native speakers when they're in chat windows and stuff certainly use uh, don't don't type out fully that the, all the words or or use the more uh, simplified spelling so maybe maybe in time it will i mean the fact is that that we play, play so much em- emphasis on correct spelling and and in a way spelling is a useless skill mhm you know, so I mean, well, as long as people can understand, as long as people can understand, but they have proven that you can actually put letters in the wrong place, and people right. can still understand what you're saying. Right. Um, but uh, there are many examples of countries where they have simplified the language, where you know, whether it be in France or Italy or Germany, where they had so many dialects in different parts of the country, and uh, and they just simplified, and they and they they sort of standardized on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I understand that in English, for example. Uh, there was a sort of a Scandinavian-influenced language, and then the German-Anglo-Saxon-influenced influ- language. The Scandinavian-influenced language was more on the uh, the East Coast, mm-hmm. where the uh, the Vikings were dominant. And for example, and in some of the words, the Scandinavian word survived, like we now talk about an egg. Mm-hmm. But the Germanic term or the Anglo-Saxon term, which was more common in Southern and Western England was I, or something closer to I, which is closer to mm-hmm. the German word for egg. Right. And also in word order, the Scandinavian word order prevailed in English as opposed to the Germanic. So, And all of these things ended up being standardized. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible that, that as, as many people say, as more and more speakers of English are not native speakers. Right. That the, and I'm sure lots of people who struggle with spelling would welcome 
uh, a streamlined and standardized spelling. For sure. And what's what's interesting is when you when you read uh, documents from I don't know the 17th century right. in English. I mean, yeah. the spelling was quite a bit different then. Yes. I mean, it's it, and it wasn't standard either. It wasn't standard. People spelled things different ways all the time, and these weren't these were educated, educated people. people yeah. yeah, no, I know. So it, uh, now all of a sudden it has to be spelled this a certain right. way. I mean, really, there is no. And, and it's silly in it. a country like Canada they make a big deal. Oh, you must spell like a neighbor. O U R. Right. Big deal. O U R O R. Whatever. Center. <laughs> R E E R. Whatever. Yeah. It's not so important. No, it isn't. I, I believe that. Well, I guess you should be consistent. Right. But I read so many things now in both English spelling and American spelling. I never half the time like exercise it with a Z or an S. I don't know anymore. Right. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Well, so Alejandro, that uh, dealt with the future of English. We don't know what the future is going to be. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we have a few other examples, but maybe we'll we'll take them up uh, next time. Well, we could give Anna, who's a very I, I'm very partial to Anna because she's so active on our forum, and she asked a question. Sure. Uh, what's the difference between shy, coy, and timid? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, shy. They're all slightly different. Yeah, I think they're quite different. Um, shy just uh, means you're maybe not thick. I think you're, you're, I mean, you're shy. lacking in confidence. <laughs> lacking lacking in, confidence. in confidence. Yeah, uh, You're easily embarrassed. You're afraid to look people in the face. Uh, it implies that there is almost an implication of, of you're holding back what you have to offer. You know, you're a wallflower, as they say, mm-hmm. at the dance, you know. Right. So that's shy. You blush easily. You don't maybe want to draw attention to yourself. Right. Uh, yeah. Shy. And I guess that's probably the easiest of the three to understand. Mm-hmm. Coy, coy suggests maybe that you're being a little, uh, I don't know, playful about uh, being shy or you're... Mm-hmm. you're, you're you have an ulterior uh, motive for... Well, yeah, I think, too, uh, yeah, it implies you're deliberately being clever or cute in mm-hmm. some way. And I th- often we use the word coy with a girl mm-hmm. who is sort of being, uh, you know, a kind of, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily teasing, but is, is uh, trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. I think that's the expression I would use. Uh, coy is much more of a deliberate... Thing. Right. Whereas shy, I mean, people who are shy probably struggle to overcome their shyness. Right. Whereas coy is a deliberate strategy. Right. Yeah. Uh, timid, I think, just means timid. I guess is somewhat like being shy, but uh, timid suggests that you're scared, afraid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you see someone, if you sometimes you see a little boy or a little girl playing sports, mm-hmm. and they're afraid. If they're playing soccer, they're afraid to get into mm-hmm. where the action is because right. they're timid. Right. It's not because they're shy. No, they're exactly. afraid of, of the ball is going to hit them or someone mm-hmm. might hit them. So right. Basically, uh, it, it implies a lacking in courage. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know, Anna, whether that uh, <laughs> satisfies you. Uh, again, I always come back to the same suggestion: save these words in link. You can even import all three of them. And then go looking for examples and see what kinds of examples you mm-hmm. find. I think we can 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. And, and uh, I, I don't know if we have enough examples in Link, but if not, and we probably do. No, I think we of have, those uh, words. We should, there should be lots of examples yeah. of those words. And it's, yeah. it's just a matter of seeing them used enough times that you understand the, the differences. Okay. Okay. Have we covered that? That's Thank good. Thank you. Bye, Talk and you send us time. more questions. Bye for now.